Let's stand together, please, as we read from Psalm 112. And um, I'm just going to read a couple of verses before we pray. The first verse says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. I want to speak tonight on the subject of the blessed man. I mean, what does a blessed man look like? Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. So who's, who's really most qualified to tell us what the blessed life looks like? Am I most qualified? And the answer to that is no, I'm not. Are you, are you most qualified? Are you even qualified to say this is what the blessed life looks like? And the answer, no offense, is no. Is some blogger or personal coach most qualified to tell you what a blessed life? No, I'm telling you who's most qualified to tell you what a blessed life looks like. It's God. It's God. And I just want to look at some of these verses and apply them very simply to our lives because uh, we want to be blessed. I make no bones about it. I want to see people blessed, don't you? Amen. Let's praise we begin. Father, thank you for your word tonight. We ask for your blessing. As we study it, as we internalize it, as we receive it with meekness, we do pray, O oh God, that you'd speak to us through the word of God. We pray that you would bind the enemy that would want us to be distracted or uh, unaffected by the truth that comes from your word. We pray that victories would be won in our lives, in all of our lives. I pray especially for our young people. Lord, we want to see them blessed. So we pray for your help tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I, I really do, and I think you're the same way. I hope you are. I want to see people blessed. Now, I realize... What the world would say is blessed might be different. You hear a lot of people say, well, God bless you. And we hear a lot of people talk about the blessings of God. And sometimes we look at people in the secular world who have no regard for God, and they talk about how blessed they are. But I'm talking about the Bible way. I want to see, I want our lives to be blessed. I, I, we want our children, we want our children to be blessed of God. Don't you want your children to experience God's blessing. Now this passage speaks directly to men. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. But I don't think these applications and these promises are limited just to men. I want to see our men. I want to see our men seeking for God's blessing in their lives and in their families, in their marriages and with their children but I want the same for our ladies. I want the same for our children, our grandchildren. So what does it mean to be blessed? By the way, there is a theological question about where, when do you say blessed and when do you say blessed? And I read it both ways. Did you catch that tonight? Did you catch it, Jason? <laughs> we had this discussion recently. Um, and, and that's... I don't know the answer to that. I think it's whichever one you want to say. It's okay. Blessed 
are blessed. But what does it mean to be blessed? The word bless, I, I, out of curiosity, I did a, a word search in, uh, in a, some, a Bible study program on my computer. And I just, I just looked for the word bless, blessed, blessing, blessed, blesseth. And all those together, there were six references. No. Over 500 times the Bible mentions that word. That's a lot, isn't it? 500 times. What does it mean? It means, it means happiness in some place. Spiritual happiness. Spiritual fulfillment. It means, it means to have God's favor in your life. Now, don't, don't stumble over this. God loves everybody. But God has a special favor He shows in blessing sometimes. It's true. Don't be offended by that. I mean, uh, God blesses. If, uh, there's a, there's a, song, a proverb that I like where it says um, that God loves those that seek Him early. God, has, God loves everybody. But he has a special love for those who seek Him early. Blessed means that God puts, God puts a blessing on you. God, God shows favor Toward you. I want God's blessing, don't you? We need His blessing. We need His help. It means to have success in the biblical sense, not in the world sense, but in the biblical sense. You're, we're all familiar with the story of Joseph who was sitting in a, in, a, in a prison because something he did not do, and it said that the Lord was with him and the Lord prospered him there. We, men may not say he was prospering, but God said he was prospering. Because God was with him and God was blessing him. And so this ought to be the desire of all of our children. We want to have God's hand of blessing in our lives. And how is it defined? It's not defined by how many friends you have. Nothing wrong with having friends. It's not defined by how much money you have. It's not necessarily defined by how, how your health is, how well you are. It's not determined by what country we live in. America tends to define blessing different than people in most of the parts of the world. Because in most of the world, everybody in this room is rich. The only reason people don't think they're rich is because they live in America and they look at other people who have more than they do. So, so we have to be careful how we, how we categorize, how we determine Define blessing. But here in this passage in Psalm 112, we notice these characteristics of the blessed man. We're going to mention some of them. But, but also we're going to see how God, the things that God does bless. The first thing we notice, and I think everything in the passage hinges on this, verse 1, praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Now this, this is almost like a continuation of the psalm that precedes it. Look at the last verse of Psalm 111. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. And then he says, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. You know, God... 
blesses the person who fears God. Now this is so elementary. This is so, so simple. But I want to tell you today, one of the greatest things we could ever seek to develop in our life is a biblical fear of God. Amen. A reverence for God. A respect for God. A, a, a sense of awe about God. God is approachable, we know that. God loves us, we know that. But God is not just our buddy. He's not just the man upstairs. He is an awesome creator of everything that, and sustainer of everything. He holds everything together by the word of His power and He wants us to fear Him. Not just fear Him when we're in church, but fear Him all the time. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. The man that fears God will be blessed. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Wouldn't it be great as parents if we could teach our children to fear God? Do you think that's a, you know, I, I know just saying that, people in our world would think, well, you're going to warp your kids if they fear God. No, you're going to help them. By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Amen. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We need to fear the young purpose. You need to fear the Lord. Have a respect of God. You're always in His presence. I think, I think one of the definitions I heard of the fear of the Lord many, many years ago that stuck with me, and, and there are many definitions or ways to apply it, but the one, that, one way to look at the fear of the Lord, it is a dread of displeasing Him. I, I don't want to displease the Lord. And, and, and honestly, I think a lot of people go through life acting like it doesn't really matter to God. What I do doesn't really matter to God. What I say doesn't really matter to God. I'm telling you, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. We ought to reverence God. Turn to the right a little bit in Psalms to Psalm 28. Psalm 28. On the subject of the fear of the Lord. Psalm 128 in verse 1. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. Does that, does that sound like we just read in Psalm 112? Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. Now, if we didn't do anything else tonight in this message but just emphasize this, it would be our time well spent. But I'm just telling you, get this down. If you want God's blessing, learn to fear God. Blessed is everyone that fears God, Right? What a great promise. What a great promise. I don't deserve blessing, but I can, I can learn to fear the Lord. I can learn to fear God. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in His ways. Verse 1 of Psalm 128. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be. Who's he talking about? The person who fears God. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. He's talking about blessings on the family of those who fear God. Behold that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. And thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children in peace upon Israel. What a great short passage about the fear of God. I'm back in Psalm 112. So what are some characteristics of the blessed man? First and foremost, primarily, 
He fears the Lord. He fears God. Look in verse 1 of Psalm 112, and I'm not going to spend near enough as much time on the rest of these as I did this one, but I think, I think everything, as I said earlier, hinges on this. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. That's an interesting phrase. That delighteth greatly in his commandments. Have you ever noticed that it seems like people don't really like to think about God's commandments? They don't like God's commandments. Have you ever noticed that? Almost like, you know, like God's commandments are an infringement on our turf, on our individuality. This, 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 this phrase right here, that delighteth greatly in His commandments, is an interesting phrase. And it's so foreign to the way we think sometimes. Um, I believed for a few years of my life, I believed that meaning and purpose and happiness could come through disregarding God's commandments by ignoring rules, by ignoring... St- I, believed, I believed I could be happy. I thought I could be fulfilled. But you know what? I was... Can I just say this? I was an idiot. <laughs> I was an idiot. Because people don't find fulfillment by disregarding God's commandments. This person delights greatly in God's commandments. Command, I saw commandments as a detriment, as a hindrance to happiness. And by the way, there are probably young people here that you may go through that stage or be tempted to go through that stage sometime in your life, and maybe people are not so young. But I'm telling you, God's word is very clear. The blessed man, the, it, notice this. He didn't say the, best man, the blessed man obeys God's commandments. He didn't even say the blessed man delights in his commandments. He said the blessed man delights greatly in his commandments. He's got a good attitude about obeying God. That man is blessed. We think, we, we, you know, if we're not careful, we think of blessing like, well, if, I, if God blesses me, you know, then that means I'll never be sick. If God blesses me, I'll always have more money than I know how to spend. And if that's true, we'll never be blessed, right? You know where blessing comes from? It comes from fearing God. It comes from delighting in God's commandments. Just as I'm saying these words, I'm thinking about a person in my life, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. They're in heaven now. That when I think about their life, and I knew them for a long time, they lived a very humble life, but they were so blessed, and they considered themselves to be so blessed. But these words describe them. They feared God, and they delighted in God's commandments. And notice how this blessing spreads. Look in verse 2. Talking about this man, this blessed man. His seed. Talking about his descendants, his children. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. You know, even our descendants. This is so important to all of us. 
I hope it's important to you. It's important to me. It's important to us. That our children, those of us who have children, that our grandchildren, we want them to be blessed. We want, we want God to be real in their life. We want them to have a fear of God. But to me, as I read this, I'm saying, you know, the more we fear the Lord and obey Him, He promises these blessings. You know one of the, you know one of the greatest things you can do? The greatest thing you can do for your children it's not just start a savings account for them for their education. Nothing wrong with that. It's not just teaching them to brush their teeth every day. There's nothing wrong with that. One of the greatest things you can do for your children is fear the Lord and obey God and delight in God's commandments. And everybody in this room can do that. Every one of us can do that. Right? It's a blessed man. Now, I want to I just reference several things in these following verses without, without as much attention because I think this, we've laid the foundation of what this, this psalm is about. Verse 3, Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. So his, I think he's gonna, his needs are going to be met. And, and immediately when you say wealth and riches, people think about 401ks. They think about you know, their gold stash. They think about their, you know, their Lamborghini. They think about wealth and riches. But that's not what the Bible's talking about. I believe, he, I believe God does define success as having our needs met. I believe he does promise to meet our needs. You know, I, we, need, we need for God to help us in our finances, but God didn't, God did, wealth is not, always, is not always defined by having the newest car and having the biggest house and having, you know, all these things. Having the latest iPhone. Nothing wrong with a flip phone. I happen to not have a flip phone, but they work fine. Wealth... Wealth is really hard to define. And if we don't, but we need to figure out how to define it. I often think about the first time I visited my wife's house. And I, we were teenagers. And her parents let me come to their house. And I thought she was rich. She had carpet on the floor. And they had air conditioning I'm telling you, it was one of the richest, at that moment in time, she was the richest family I knew with carpet on the floor and air conditioning. I found out later they, they had more money than we had, but they weren't really rich, right? I went after the rich one. <laughs> I love the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8 where it says that God will... Let's just look at that quickly. And we'll come right back here. Because God promised us that it, the man who fears Him and obeys Him, the blessed man, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that his needs will be met. Here's a great definition for me of what it means to prosper. It's a, it's a promise concerning giving, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, 9, 7. It says, every man, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Be a cheerful giver. And then verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, 
that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Be, get your giving right. That's what he says. Get your giving right. And then he says, God is able to make sure you always have enough for your needs and be able to abound to give to every good work. That's a, to me, if a person has all their needs met, all their bills are paid, and they're able to give generously to the work of God, that's a good place to be in. Amen? So, back to Psalm 112. He says, he says Here, this is the blessed man. It says in verse 3, his, the latter part of verse 3, His righteousness endureth forever. In other words, they're going to be eternal reward. It won't just be, you know, it won't just be, and I, we, don't, you know, we don't have to figure all this out necessarily, but we often think when a person dies, they go to the grave, that's the end of their influence. But no, he says his righteousness will be remembered forever. The things he does, and treasures laid up in heaven, this man who fears the Lord and live, lives for eternal things, it's going to be remembered I know tonight that we may think, well, that, that doesn't mean all that much right now to me. But let me tell you, one day it'll, remember, it'll matter to you when you're on the other side to hear him say, well done, that'll be worth something, amen? His, his righteousness endureth forever. Verse 4, and I'm still in 112. Under the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. Now, I'm not going to spend much time on that, but he's talking about the upright. People who do the right thing. And this is a whole other sermon. But sometimes even people who are doing the right thing go through times of darkness. Times when they don't really know what to do. Times they may feel like they've been forsaken, like God is not hearing them. I've recently preached a message, I haven't preached it here, but I've preached it in several other places about that very subject. There are times when we need direction, times we feel discouraged, times we have periods of doubt. You can't avoid it, it's going to happen. But you know what it says about the blessed, the blessed man, the blessed life? He'll be given light in times of darkness. God will come to him. God will help him through that. That's a great promise to me. In verse 4 it says, He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. The blessed man will be a generous man. And by the way, that's really important because when, you under, when a person understands that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, then it's important that we be generous. The blessed man will be generous. The blessed man will be caring and compassionate. By the way, in this, there's a lot of similarities between Psalm 111 and Psalm 112. Let me just point out one. Look in verse 4 of Psalm 111. It says... And this is speaking directly about God. He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered. And then he says this, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. In Psalm 112, he's not talking about God. He's talking about God's people, those who are, fear Him. And what does it say in verse 4? He is gracious and full of compassion. It says a very identical thing about God's people as it says about God. And that, by the way, God's people should be a reflection of what God looks like. Amen? We're, we, ought, we ought to be becoming more and more like Him. Verse 5 of Psalm 112, it says, A good man showeth favor and lendeth. 
He will guide his affairs with discretion. That's two different things about the blessed man. First of all, he's considerate. He showeth favor. But also it says he will guide his affairs with discretion. He uses, his, he uses wisdom. He, he makes wise, calculated, cautious decisions. You know, I, I'm not going to try to explain this to you. But I'm amazed sometimes at how believers can be so gullible. How they can believe so much stuff, weird stuff. I mean, and really go off on it. Have y'all ever noticed that? You're probably thinking about somebody right now. If they're sitting next to you, don't look at them. But, but you know what? The blessed man makes wise, calculated decisions. He uses discernment. He doesn't just say it's okay because everybody says it's okay. He doesn't say it's wrong because everybody else says it's wrong. He makes wise, calculated, discern. He uses good judgment. He's careful about his decisions. Look in verse 6. Surely he, talking about this man, this blessed man, shall not be moved forever. He's stable. He's faithful. Boy, that's a good thing to be, isn't it? He's, he's committed. You know, that, that psalm that many of us have memorized at some time in our life, Psalm 1, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season whatsoever he doeth shall prosper he's like a planted tree he's doesn't he's not blown about by every wind of doctrine he's that's what it says right there he he shall not be moved forever he's stable he's committed he's faithful he's dependable thank god for that and it says there in verse 6 also the righteous shall be an everlasting Remembrance. As I was studying this, I want to turn to this passage with you. I, I thought about a verse that uh, in, in Malachi. Malachi is the last, for those of you who may be new to the Bible, it's the last verse, last book of the Old Testament. Go to Malachi for just a moment. We'll come back to Psalm 112. In Malachi, talking about the fact that the psalmist said about the blessed man. He will be an everlasting remembrance. He'll be remembered forever. In Malachi, chapter 3 and verse 16, says this, Then they that feared the Lord, Malachi 3.16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. Now, who are these people, these, those who feared the Lord? And the Lord hearkened and heard it. He heard what they were saying. And a book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon His name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth them. Imagine that. God said, I'm going I'm to have a book of remembrance. And we're going to write their names in there. Those who feared me. 
I'm telling you, God rewards those who fear Him. And God remembers those who fear Him. And I think that's a part of what Psalm 112 is talking about. If you turn there back, back there with us. Verse 6, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. I love that. He's focused. His heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Not self-reliant. Not self hey, you're, a blessed man is not a man who could do it on his own. A blessed man is the man who's trusting in the Lord. Leaning on God, depending on God, needing God. I don't want to be the man who can go day after day after day and manage on my own. I want to be the man who depends on God and trusts God and needs God. That's the blessed man. It's not a blessing that you can act independently of God. What's a blessing is you need God. He trusts in the Lord. He's not, you know, it's, it's carnal to trust in ourselves. Trusting in the flesh. This man's dependent upon God. In verse 8 says, his heart is established. He's not fickle. He's not blown about, as I said earlier. He's not a double-minded man. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. I read those, you ever read those verses about having your, your desire on your enemies and wonder what those mean? I think about it because I've never had an enemy. You know what I'm saying? But I, but I do think about it. wonder what that means. <laughs> he, hath, he hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever, his horn shall be exalted with honor. That's talking about God giving us promotions as he sees fit. Notice the contrast, and we're done with this chapter, verse 10. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. I don't, I don't pertain, I don't, I don't pretend to know all that that means, but the Bible says the blessed man, the blessed man's life will be a point of contention to the wicked. They'll look at it. Look in verse 10. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. You know, the blessed man is an example to the ungodly. The world needs to see what a blessed person looks like. Not blessed because we wear the finest clothes, nothing wrong with fine clothes, but not blessed because, just blessed because we fear God and we obey God. You know, we don't have to go around telling people how blessed we are. Just live the life. Just lean on God. Just obey God. Learn to delight in His commandments. Learn to care about people. He's considerate. Be a compassionate person. Don't be blown about. Be faithful. Be, be stable. And I'm going to tell you, that in itself is a refreshing example in the culture that we live in. I want to be blessed, right? You say, do you, do you think you deserve to be blessed? No, I don't. I don't. I still, I still believe that cliche that we say all the time. I said it just recently. A preacher sent me a text and said, how are you doing? I said, better than I deserve. And I mean it. We all doing better than we deserve. If I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell tonight. Amen? But I want God to be pleased with our life. 
And it all starts, I think it all starts with learning to fear the Lord. Fearing Him. Walking in His presence. Realizing that God hears and is judging every word we say. Everything we do. I want to learn to fear the Lord. And, all, and I want to delight in His commandments. If God says do this, I don't want to just do it. I want to enjoy doing it. Why? Because my Father said to do it. Isn't that a good reason to do it? Our Father said to do it. That's the blessed life. Amen? And so you could say, a person could say, well, what if a person goes through their life and they fear the Lord and they treat people right and they, they obey the Lord and you just never can see any visible, tangible, undeniable evidence that God is working on their behalf. Can I just tell you, if you don't see it, it's still there. And they will be remembered forever, according to the Bible. Is that right? That's what he said. Amen. Let me ask you something tonight. Do you know what it is to fear the Lord? You say, preacher, do you mean you really are afraid of God, what, what God might do in your life? I, I'm afraid of what God might do if I disobeyed Him. I am afraid of that. Is that wrong on me to fear God? No. By the, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. I'd like to do everything right every time just because I love God. But if that don't work, I'd like to do it because I'm afraid He'd whoop me if I didn't. You say, you think he would? I, if, I know he would. Whom the Father loveth, he chastens and scourges every sign, right? Amen. He does correct us. I want, I, I, it's not wrong. Young person, it's not wrong for you to fear the Lord. It's good for you. It's good for you. It's good for dad and mom too, amen? Amen. amen. There could be someone sitting here tonight. And you don't have a relationship with God that's real, where you really, which you really believe He's concerned about your life, involved in your life, and where you want to please Him. I really believe there are people who, who are puzzled by how we could be so concerned with pleasing someone we've never seen. Right? Because He's real to us. Because He's real to us. We want to please Him. He's done so much for us, we want to please Him. And if you're here and you say, well, I just can't relate to that, having that relationship, well, maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you need to be born again. Because when you get saved, He comes to live inside you. And He adopts you into His family. He becomes your father and you're His child. Amen? If you're not saved, you ought to come to Him tonight. Be great, wouldn't it? Be great tonight.